What kind of leadership does it take to foster high-level virtual relationships? Find out more. This is part two of our wide-ranging interview with Coco Brown, CEO of the Athena Alliance. It was such a wonderful conversation that we just couldn't cut it short. So we're releasing it as two episodes in order to respect your time. Be sure to listen to part one of our conversation, episode 214, at growthignitersradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Coco Brown, founder and CEO of the Athena Alliance, about the leadership it takes to foster high-level virtual relationships. Coco, tell us how people can find out more about you and the Athena Alliance. Sure. Well, actually, I'm probably the only or one of the only Coco Browns that show up on LinkedIn. That's C-O-C-O, right? Yes. There's no A on the end of my Coco. Okay. Coco Brown. And then the other way is AthenaAlliance.com. So um, don't forget that in the middle there, there's two A's because it's Athena Alliance. Okay. And if there's any special questions that people have as they're thinking about it, is there any special way they can signal that if they're checking into Athena Alliance? Yeah. If you're curious about Athena as a, as a senior woman leader, just check out membership. It is a membership-based organization. Um, we've done a number of really exciting things recently. We launched our pathway called Navigating Transitions, which is a gateway into a variety of other pathways, path to the boardroom, path to the C-suite, path to CEO, et cetera. And we'd love to have you join us. You can join us directly from the website. And then we do a quick check to make sure that you're at the right senior level for Athena to be valuable to you. And then away we go. That's terrific. And you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 214, and scroll down to resources. So... In the first segment, we were talking about what led you to create and be the founder and CEO of Athena Alliance, a bit about what it is, and some surprises that you've had along the way as you've been leading. So let's dig deeper into this unconventional leadership that it takes to be the CEO of a totally virtual organization that's about relationship building at the highest levels. Now, as I was looking on your bio on the Athena site, I noticed that you have a really interesting bio. You say that you're known for, you're known for an unconventional view of the world and a bold leadership style. So curious, how do people know this about you? I think it actually comes across relatively quickly. Like if you'll ask our members what they see in my style and approach, I'm casual. I'm extremely vulnerable. I'm very transparent. I look to create synergy really quickly. And these things are, they're part of my nature, but they're also, I've come to recognize them as essential 
attributes to building trust and building connection. For example, with my, with my team, I'm extremely transparent. They know where we stand financially. They know where our money's being invested. They know what's coming in. I go over the financials with them. I go over the board book with them, the whole team, the entire team. I'm very transparent about where I'm nervous, where I'm excited. I use words that are vulnerable mm-hmm. in language. You know, there's this concept that it's lonely being the CEO because you always have to have your game face on and you have to be, you know, showing the positive all the time, even if you're right. terrified, you know, and I, I don't agree with that. I think if you're terrified, you need to tell your team, I'm terrified. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a good point. And one of the things we've really enjoyed in getting to know you is that comes across right away. Oh, absolutely. It does make a difference. I know that when I'm thinking about organizations that I want to be part of, I'm always curious about how a CEO comes across. And it is unconventional to be that open with people. But the really important thing that you've just sort of capsulized, Coco, is this also gives an enormous amount of context for people. They don't have to guess what's going on. They, they can say, okay, yes. this is where we're at. This is where we need to be. This is the good stuff. This is where we have to step up. And it allows people to have more autonomy and make better decisions that themselves. And everybody benefits from that. For sure. And in addition to that, in the absence of information, people oh, yeah. stuff We've seen that. And usually what we make up in our own heads is way worse than yeah. what reality mm-hmm. is, you know? <laughs> or it's so off base from reality that it creates the opportunity for misalignments. And so, yeah, I think transparency and a lot of context and a lot of information is really important so that people can be autonomous, but also so that they don't end up creating stories in their head that aren't aligned to the reality of the of the situation. Yeah. Now, Coco, another thing that you share on the website is that in your off time, when you have some, you have some hobbies, and they include gardening, baking, and throwing pottery, all things that Pam and I like. Uh-huh. All these things, they're about creating and shaping wonderful things from really humble beginnings. You start with mud, you get a wonderful pot or a mug. How do you see this creativity translating into how you've approached growing your company and your organization around the world? Yeah, that's a great question because I think this goes all the way to the beginning of, you know, something Pam said is like, of course, you didn't imagine yourself running this company where it is today in this way. And and that's absolutely true. If you had told me a few years ago that Athena was going to be what Athena is today. I, I would have, you know, sort of sat there. And said, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. So amazing, right. you know. Right. And I think one of our challenges, I, I think one of the things that sets entrepreneurs apart, you know, is that you kind of have to be willing to go into the unknown. You have to be able to say, well, I'm going to start here and mm-hmm. see where that mm-hmm. takes me, you know. And there's a lot of risk oh, yes. in that because you're risking sort of what if I'm going down the wrong path and what if I don't know what to do next? And and it's kind of similar, you know, at least with the way that I do ceramics. I'm oftentimes I have no idea what I'm building at the beginning, you know, like, oh, this looks like maybe a chocolate. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> My son is also a potter. And so sometimes we'll sort of, you know, challenge each other. Okay, today we're gonna make a donut shaped thing that we're gonna turn into a uh-huh. olive oil oh, okay. yeah. or something like that. You know, so 
you know, sometimes it's with extreme intention, but every time, even, even in those times, there's these quirks or moments where you're like, oh, well, that didn't, you know, it's not the right size, or now I'm going to have to think differently about the spout. And, you know, it's the same thing with creating a company. You, you experiment. I love this concept of emergent yeah. strategy. There's a book called Emergent Strategy. I forget who wrote it. But emergent strategy is essentially everything is an experiment until it works and mm-hmm. then it's a strategy. Mm-hmm. And that's true. That's Mark Benioff from Salesforce says the same thing. It's like everything's an experiment. And then once it works out, we do we, yeah, we meant to do that. Strategy. Yeah, that's true. Actually, <laughs> I believe that it always is an experiment. You know, the world keeps changing and you have to say, how do I make it keep working? And that I think is a real challenge for people who are leading established companies and you, you help, uh, women who are at the top of some of the top companies to take these bold risks and take these experiments. How do you inspire them? Yeah. I mean, there's a, a couple of things. One is one of the things that I've noticed about very large companies. So you take the Microsofts and the, you know, Intel's and Walt Disney's and, Viacom CBS is of the world, right? You, like you name it. A lot of the top people have been there for many mm-hmm. years, right? So a lot of them have been there 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And they think of themselves in terms of their own, like if you think about their resume, they're describing their progression within the company. And one of the things that I challenge them to think about is think about the story of mm-hmm. the company and how you played a part in that story. So I'll give you an example. One of our members is a senior executive at Equifax. And I don't know if you remember the big like data oh, yes. at Equifax. Yes. Where, and she was there uh, running a very important customer facing piece of the business during that time. And, you know, and, and she was there for the years around that five years before and five years after. And when you think about your career, your career is also in entwined it's not just the roles you played but it's also the arc of the story of the company that you were a part of so what happened as you built this incredible brand and then it got taken mm. down and you had to yeah. rebuild it and you you know so really think about yourself as a brand and the companies that you work for as having a part in the arc of the story of you so don't just think about you and your roles. Think also about the company and the, and the transformations it went through and bring mm-hmm. the two together to tell your It's your own story. growth story. Yeah. It's your own journey, yeah. isn't it? Now, one of the things about taking risks yeah. is that it's good to take risks, but taking really risky risks is not so good. One of the things I do is I'm a rock climber. And I do not climb oh, too. without protection. <laughs> oh, you too? Okay, cool. And so you know, you, you've got to, you have do. somebody on belay. I'll climb and fall fine, but I'm <laughs> on a rope. How do you belay in corporate when you're taking risks? How, how do you make sure that it's not too much? It's, it's funny because my chief of staff emailed me yesterday and, and her email started with, in the spirit of you know, ask for forgiveness later and time uh-huh. kills all deals, right? So she she uses my language, right? I'm like, time kills <laughs> all deals and it's better to ask for forgiveness than uh-huh. permission, right? So this is one of, th- these are two things that I've, I don't operate with everybody that way, but with my chief of staff, I'm like, time kills all okay. deals <laughs> because she's got to be me, right? And so she says this and then she says, 
I did this, right? And I'm like, great, okay. And then I look at it and I'm like, well, I would have done that differently and this differently, but I told her to right. do this, right? And so it's largely the right thing to do. And the little bits of 20% I would have done differently is just me wanting to do yeah. something differently. Like I would have, done, you know, we're all individuals. So, you know, a lot of what I try to empower the team with, I actually have two other teammates who essentially created their jobs and fundamentally changed our product by doing so. So they created something and they said, Hey, I saw a problem over here. I created this solution. And by the way, here's my new job description oh, based wow. around it. I'm wow. Like, wow, that's yes. amazing. Yes, that is what we should do, right? Transforming the company that way because because then you're creating this entrepreneurial spirit from within and you're saying, look, we're all entrepreneurs. We're all responsible yep. for this company. You know, we're all trying to build it to an end goal. So if you see something that you can do that changes our trajectory and evolves us and do mm -hmm. it, you know, and collaborate. And so my sense is that, you know, in the world, I was told by one of these personality index things that I am a mm -hmm. rule breaker, but that I don't break rules simply because they're there. I break rules because that rule didn't make sense. Uh -huh. Well, me, that, right? that makes sense. <laughs> Which I'm like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I uh -huh. did do sure. that, right? Like my husband's like, okay, you're supposed to, you know, do this. My, my husband's a rule follower, right? And he's like, you're constantly breaking the rules, Coco. And I'm like, because that rule didn't okay. make sense, right? That's an episode. That's another so episode. We'll have to talk on that one. <laughs> I know. So, but the problem that I see with the world and with rules is we create rules around the person that needed yeah. the rule, not around all of the people that don't need the rule, right? So we say, we'll put sort of like these things in the way of normal society because we're afraid of the person who's going to do something wrong. So my point is, is that in leadership and in my business, I'm not afraid of what everybody's going to do wrong. I'm, I'm spirited for what they're going to do right. And so, yes, they're going to make mistakes along the way. But if we take risks mm -hmm. and we take chances and I say, I will be there to spot you, of course, you don't have a rope right. and I'm spotting right. you, right? Then they're willing to go a little bit further and maybe they'll fall on top of me, but then we'll mm -hmm. both get bruised and, you know, but we're not going to break bones. That's so inspirational, Coco. <laughs> Out of curiosity, do you see that this is something as Athena Alliance becomes a much bigger company? Do you see that same kind yeah. of philosophy continuing? I mean, it's a crisis point for a lot of companies when yes. they get to that, oh, we're, we've got a really large organization. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way to do that is I have to stay close to the seven, eight top people that report right. to me who has to stay close to the people that report to them. That mm -hmm. have to, you know, and it has to be something that you trickle down throughout the organization. And then you also have to be a part of the organization. Mm -hmm. A couple of the people that I went and visited in Nicaragua, they don't report to me, but I'm spending time with yeah. them, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this hierarchical sense of organization uh, where maybe you have a skip level, but you don't mm -hmm. engage with people three levels below you, I think that that is not yeah. healthy. What's healthy is for leaders to get all the way in the organization and keep making sure that there are the checks and balances that perpetuate the kind of culture that you you want to have. Mm -hmm. It's a spider web and not a pipeline. And of course, it also goes uh, up to the board too. Oh, yeah. You know, connecting. 
having the board and the C-suite. Boards are getting more and more involved. Yep. Right. More and more involved. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with Coco Brown, founder and CEO of the Athena Alliance, about immediately useful leadership for fostering high-level virtual relationships. Stay with us. Listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to embrace the leadership paradoxes that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do it? That's what I share in my keynote, how growth igniters lead for tomorrow starting today. So go to pamharperspeaks.com today and find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership event. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Coco Brown, founder and CEO of the Athena Alliance, about the leadership it takes to foster high-level virtual relationships. Coco, remind us how people can find out more about you and the Athena Alliance. I'm easy to find on LinkedIn, Coco Brown without an A, C-O-C-O. You can find out more about Athena at athenaalliance.com. Okay. And you can find out more information and links to this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 214, and scrolling down to resources. So, Coco, we're at the point in our episode where we have three immediately useful ideas. We always want people to have something to go away with. And in this case, it's for leading to foster high-level virtual relationships that can accelerate your career and your company and help you get on boards, all of these things. And if you're on the board, help you to keep going. (laughs) So what's a first idea that you would have? I think the the first idea I would have is um, check your resistance. You know, what would be the things that you worry about with respect to remote? And put those worries down and start to think about what would be the things that would help you counter those worries. So a, a very typical one is, well, what if they're not producing the activity that produces the results? So one of the things that I like to think about there is, well, what does good look like? You know, what is it that we're trying to achieve? And what are the things that we would check in on? daily or weekly that says we're on that path to achieving that goal. So don't track activities as much as outcome, right? right? So think, think, think in terms of Mm -hmm. outcome. What is the outcome on a 
weekly basis, a monthly basis, a year basis, and get people focused on outcome. Yeah. Hold on one second, Coco, uh, before we get to the second thing. I want to respond to that because it's a really good idea. And Pam and I often say, if you think your big dream is this, we want this to happen, and it's a big honking thing, well, then you go, well, what has to happen for that to happen? What has to happen for that to happen? And everybody does that, and it links together in this beautiful sculpture. And if you check in frequently, you can figure out really what is going on, not activities, but outcomes, absolutely. Now, the second idea. The second idea is to sort of set aside this concept of annual reviews, annual performance review. In fact, actually, I would say that that needs to go away entirely, but that's another, oh, that's another okay. segment, right? And instead, I mean, I don't have an annual performance review with my kids. I have a daily yeah. connection to my uh. kids. Right? So if something's wrong, if something's not working for me, for mm -hmm. them, for an outcome that was expected that wasn't achieved, for a behavior that was expected that wasn't seen, that becomes an opportunity for immediate conversation. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you can pick up the phone today, but you do it within a couple right. of mm -hmm. days. And you say, hey, I just wanted to check in with you on what I just, what I saw. And you welcome feedback back to you. You know, I've had people say, Coco, I don't think that you handled that call very well. I'm like, oh, really? What did I do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you want this system of constant feedback. And that is incredibly important in a remote yeah. world because we don't have the subtle opportunities to see facial expressions and know that somebody still likes us. And so we mm -hmm. make stuff up again mm -hmm. in our heads, right? And so we have to constantly be saying, hey, you're doing great in this area, but there's this thing that I was worried about. So constant feedback is essential. Uh -huh. And it's essential in any context, but I would for sure say that it's essential in remote context. It also goes to the point, I love the idea of the conversation. Uh, some people will say, well, but you can't see what they're doing. You know, how do you know that they're saying one thing and doing another? But I'm sure that you have a way to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, you have, you have opportunities because I will have people say to me, hey, by the way, I had this conversation with so-and-so and I, you know, it didn't really go very well. And that person reports to me. And so then I'll have a conversation mm -hmm. with, you know, like things get right. back to you. And That's goals thing, kind of, right? you know, either are met or missed. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, goals are met or missed. The team uh -huh. talks, you know, so there's those uh -huh. two things, your customer base talks. Right. And I think the other thing is, is that goals are hit or miss, but there's also, you do have a sense along the way of whether goals are going to mm -hmm. be hit or miss just by some of the, the experiential triggers that you get. You're like, huh, I thought we'd be further along yeah. with this than we are. And those are your instinctual indicators that you need to have a conversation. Those are really great points. And I've long felt that if somebody is getting surprised at a performance review, there's something really wrong there. So uh, this is a very positive conversation and how you can do this and do it in a different kind of way. How about a third immediately useful idea? I come back to transparency and vulnerability. I mean, these are two things, but the, their behaviors, you know, so I think that you have to 
you have to think about your behaviors. Are you someone who guards information? Or are you someone who looks for opportunities for sharing information? Are you someone who protects the team from what's scary, unfortunate, you know, whatever? Or are you someone who draws the team into those things to help solve problems? And I would say what you want to be is more vulnerable and more transparent. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Totally agree. But how do we stop, step back and take that snapshot and look into ourselves so we can reflect outward? Well, I think one of the ways to do that is to ask yourself when you're making the decision not to share something with the team that is big in your mind. You know, it's, it's, it's big for you and you're not sharing it. Why? Why are you not sharing it? Is, is it to protect mm. the team? Is it because you don't trust the team? Is it because you think the team can't handle it? Or is it truly only big for mm. you? <laughs> but a lot of these things are, are big mm -hmm. for the company. You know, if you're running a, a company or you're running a team or a division and it's big for you, it's probably big for yeah. them because you rely on them to resolve it, right? So if you're sheltering them from a feeling about it, from anxiety, you know, is that really good for them? It's yeah. certainly not good for you, right? So I think it's just asking yourself questions of the why. Yep. Why don't I do something different than I am doing? Is what I'm doing the right thing to be doing? Yeah. And you certainly get feedback from people saying, you're not telling me things. <laughs> or you are yeah. telling me things, and I'm so glad you've mentioned this. And yeah. I've noted it, that you really listen to people. You really listen to people, and you also observe in ways that are not conventional. And that pretty much takes us to the whole point, which is you have an unconventional leadership style, and it works really well for you. Is there something that you can leave us with as a final thought with regard to this topic of fostering high-level virtual relationships in a world that isn't always easy to navigate, but, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing I would challenge us all to think about is virtual is here to stay. And the opportunities and the mechanisms for virtual are just getting more and more and more. And the variety around how virtual will work. You know, I don't understand the metaverse, but, <laughs> um, and I'm not sure I'm going to like it. But I think resisting based on old models of what we knew to work, I guess what I would leave us all with is instead, what if we found ways to think about how the new models would work instead of resisting and relying on what we know to work? That's great. Well, Coco, thanks so much for being our guest on Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you. It was great being here. Yes. And That's uh, so much to share. And we hope you'll come back and share more. We're interested in your journey. Thank you. Absolutely, Coco. Thanks so much. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 214. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider and discuss with your team. As we're leading to accelerate our company's growth, 
What's the one thing we can start doing, even today, to foster even stronger, high-level virtual relationships? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.